Welcome to Hope for the Introvert with your host, Ben Welk. You'll be listening to a series of conversations with and about introverted leaders, their strengths, and how they apply them in the workplace and other parts of life. We'll also chat about the challenges many of us face as introverts and how we overcome them. Ben is an introverted leader himself who works as the program manager in the Information Security Office at the Rochester Institute of Technology. He's also the vice president of the Society for Technical Communication and a member of the EDUCAUSE Higher Education Information Security Council. You can contact him by email at ben at hopefortheintrovert.com or on Twitter at hopeintrovert. Support Hope for the Introvert on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash hopefortheintrovert. Joining us today is Kirk St. Amant. Kirk is a professor in the Eunice C. Williamson Endowed Chair in Technical Communication at Louisiana Tech University. And he is also an adjunct professor of international health and medical communication with the University of Limerick in Ireland. He researches international communication and information design for global audiences. His specific research focus is on the globalization of online education and health and medical communication for international audiences. He has taught online and hybrid courses for universities in Belize, China, Denmark, Finland, Ireland, Qatar, Ukraine, and the United States. You can contact Kirk at kirksaintamont at gmail.com. Kirk, it's great to have you back again today. We're going to continue our discussion about what it's like to be an introvert in the workplace and for you specifically to be an introvert in academia. So one of the things we've asked our guests is, what do you find to be most challenging as an introvert in your profession? Great question. Um, The need to be on. And by on, I mean, I mentioned earlier, you pretend to be an extrovert in many cases. And so the, the need to be on during these instructional times, and these aren't just in the classroom teaching the class, but they're in the hallway talking with students. They're during office hours being with students. And in many cases, I mean, you can go for an entire day where you're in complete on mode for eight to 10 hours a day between teaching and meeting with students and talking with students and meeting with colleagues and stuff. And that can be exhausting. And I think it's a matter of, I don't know about you or other introverts, but I need decompression time after this happens. And it's kind of helping people realize that I'm going to not be interacting a whole lot for this next little bit here because I just need time to sit and breathe and just be alone for a little bit. That's, I think, one challenge. And I think the other challenge is whenever you create sort of this persona of the extrovert teacher, if you will, in the classroom, students come to expect that of you every time they encounter you. And so when they you know, meet you out in the community and begin to engage with you, then they realize you don't talk a lot. And my word, you're dull. It's like, well, yes, I probably am. So it's kind of helping them realize that, no, this thing in the classroom is kind of, this is what I do in that particular venue. And this is who I am most of the, the rest of the time. So I think that's kind of the big challenge is making these worlds meet, if you will, and getting other individuals you work with to adapt to them, that this is okay. This is how this person works. I think many of us do this, whether we're introverts or extroverts, it's a spectrum. We move back and forth between different points on it. And so I think getting individuals to understand that we're not all one or all the other, but we move back and forth and don't take this as meaning anything other than the fact that I'm in my decompression time right now. I'm not trying to be the classic things that we're probably all accused of, 
aloof, silent, quiet, you know, standoffish, whatever it might be. This is just who I am. And kind of getting individuals to realize, oh, no, this is just another facet of that person's personality. I think that's a great challenge because they're so accustomed to seeing you in this on mode, if you will. I've mentioned in prior podcasts, talking with friends that we see each other at conferences. And that's the only other time people really see us. And what they see at conferences is not how we are in our private life. We may appear to be very outgoing, but it does drain us. And we do need to get that time where we can just go away, retreat and recharge. It's essential. (laughs) Kirk, what do you believe are your biggest strengths as an introvert and how have you leveraged them? I think they're twofold. I think one is listening and it's the ability to want to sit and listen and process. I think we do cue behavior in terms of, yes, I understand to kind of prompt the conversation, but to want to let the other party talk as much as is needed and simply listen and process it as they're speaking, I think is a great asset. I think another great asset is, let's call it this tenacious desire to want to tease out details as people are speaking. And so one of the things that had people kind of been confused about with my behavior is they'll present something to me and then I'll follow up with a slew of questions before I say anything. And that slew of questions is essentially designed to focus in on what the person is talking about to actually try to get to the heart of what is the specific focus we should be addressing. And I think that's a strength because it helps the person you're speaking with and you also realize what the actual thing you wish to focus on is. And in many cases, then you can work backwards from that focus to figure out what's the overall situation you're talking about. I've got a problem. Well, when does it happen? Where does it happen? What seems to be present when it's taking place? What seems to be the cause? You're zoning in on what is actually the nature of the problem. And you can work out from that. And I think that's a strength. I think they're sort of focused questioning in relation to exchanges where you ask the person you're interacting with to focus in on or zone in on that thing they're talking about. I think that's greatly beneficial as one thing introverts tend to do is to want to focus in on very specific things through sort of targeted, repeated questioning. There's this problem. Well, tell me about it. Where does it happen? When does it seem to happen? What seems to be causing it? What seems to be the environment that's causing it? To sort of focus in until you really get to the heart of the matter, I think is beneficial. And I think it's something many introverts do inherently. And I think it's helpful both for the person with whom you're speaking and for you, because you begin to better understand the nature of what you're going to be talking about. What is actually the problem we're discussing? Can we get to it? And so I think that's a strength, that, at least in my mind, in working with individuals. I'm laughing a little bit as you're talking about this, and mainly because I know that for me and my temperament type, Mm -hmm. I'm not the most patient person in the world. Mm -hmm. And I lose focus when people meander Mm -hmm. when they're talking to me. And I'm seeing this is a way to get them focused. And as you mentioned, it's good for them. It's good for you also. Maybe, Ben, you've experienced the same thing, but there's a tendency, I think, for many introverts to focus in on things. You mentioned like, well, your temperament is, well, is it your temperament or you process information in a certain way? So it's like, no, can we keep it this way? Because I'm going to process down this line of thought first and we can come back to that other thing later. And I think that's a benefit because it helps the person with whom you're interacting kind of focus in on what they're talking about. And let's face it, I'm doing it right now. We tend to talk all over the place as we're extemporaneizing on stuff. God, I think I just made up a word. But as you're kind of going and that kind of focus helps bring things back. 
And again, I think that's something that tends to be associated with introverted behavior as far as I understand it. So those are what I see as the strengths, the ability to listen and then to ask questions to try to guide in on things. At the same time, I think those are weaknesses. And by weaknesses, I mean people have certain perceptions of what that behavior means, particularly if you're unfamiliar with interacting a lot with introverts who operate in that way. And so I'm willing to bet you and many other introverts have encountered things like, you know, this person is, they're passive, they're standoffish, they're not necessarily positive things that come with a lack of desire to communicate continually in the moment or the dogged pursuit of trying to focus questions in on things. Or you mentioned, for example, temperament and not being patient with things. Well, that's, again, notice you're contextualizing that in a certain way, which is not, it's contextualized as negative, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that's a major challenge for introverts is trying to maximize that ability you have to sit and listen, balanced against the expectation that we should have an extroverted communication style for the most part, and helping individuals realize that silence is not necessarily a negative thing. I hope that made sense. No, I think it does. And silence, I am married to an extrovert, and she finds silence difficult to deal with because she processes verbally. But then when she gets silence in response, she doesn't know what the other person, if it's an introvert like me, she doesn't necessarily know what the other person is thinking about things because they are processing it internally and not verbally. And that's been one of those challenges we've learned to work through over the years. It's interesting because I had referred to temperament and patience, getting a little I don't want to go deeper into it, but looking at the Kiersey temperament theory, and I know we haven't talked about this kind of stuff much at all, but where I fit in that is a rational, not irrational, though some may beg to differ, but a rational, and I am all about objective, let's get to the point sort of thing. So that's where I'm referencing the temperament part, where the touchy-feely stuff doesn't, I don't empathize well, I guess is what it really boils down to. More interested in, oh, is there a problem here? Let's work on the problem sort of thing rather than the just being available to listen. So even as an introvert, I have to watch myself in terms of wanting to jump in and provide a solution when there's not necessarily even a solution that's being asked for. In terms of your profession, in terms of Society for Technical Communication, and I think American Medical Writers Association, In what ways have you been an influencer or leader? I think in many ways, it's the ability to have discussions with folks. And again, the ability to, I want to listen to what you have to say. And let me ask some questions to try to tease this out. I think that way, I think, is very beneficial. There are times for different kinds of leadership. There are times you need extroverted leadership, and there are times you need introverted leadership. And I think in in a few cases, I've been fortunate where I've hit at a time where that desire for let's pull back and be introspective about this for a bit has been beneficial. Before doing a lot of the stuff I do with the STC, I was involved with an academic organization called Council for Programs of Technical and Scientific Communication, CPTSC. And it was at a time, I think, where the organization needed to sort of stop for a moment and take a breath and figure out where it was going to go next. And in that case, I think that the fact that I'm a little bit more on the reserve side was beneficial. I'm not 
the ideal person you want in sort of an outreach season. I'm not a meet and greet kind of person. I'm not going to be the person who walks into the room and introduces myself to every single person there. But I am the person who's willing to sit there and listen to everybody who wants to come through and talk about what needs to be done differently or better next time. And I think, again, we're back to those sort of balance things. I think you probably have experienced this also, but from my perspective, the best thing to do is to have a leadership team, if you will, where you do have an introvert and an extrovert who are both working together in some sort of leadership position. And I think that way you can really maximize the benefits of both personality types. And I've been very fortunate in the past to have been in a situation where I have worked with some people who are just amazing extroverts but knew how to work with an introvert also and vice versa. Oh, very cool. What recommendations would you have for introverts who want to become influencers or leaders? I think it's a matter of figuring out what benefits you bring as a leader. And again, as introverts, there's a tendency to listen more, to want to think through fully before responding, and then to be very careful in how you articulate responses. I think that's a a very, very good sort of skill set to have. And it's a matter of figuring out at what point in time do I need to use that skill set based upon the needs of the organization or the group. And I think it's also a matter of figuring out what are my quote unquote limitations as a leader because I'm not an extrovert. What methods can I use to address that? I might not be the best public speaker on earth, but I'm pretty good at blog posts. So maybe. I'll do more leadership through these kinds of postings than I will through podcasts or through public orations, if you will. So it's a matter of realizing there are other ways to achieve this objective of, as a leader, building a sense of community, reaching out to others. It's a matter of what works with my personality type. I think as introverts, we all have kinds of crutches, for lack of a better way of putting it, for addressing situations. I'll be honest with you, Ben. You've seen me speak before, right? Yes. Okay. One thing you'll notice, and people bug me about this, I take off my glasses when I talk. And the reason I do that is because I am, can't see a thing without them. And so it works magic for me because I really, I don't have to worry about that sort of, I'm standing up in front of a group of people and worried about how I'm going to behave. I can't see them. I'm lucky if I don't walk into a wall, but it's a behavior that you learn to sort of, I've got to be the extrovert in this situation. We've all learned these different kinds of mechanisms to help us work in these situations. And it's learning what they are and using them effectively. And it's funny because in my conversation with Elisa, we talked about presentation styles. And for her, the key thing is to ensure that she has eye contact with one or two members of the audience to be able to engage with them and to be able to present with them. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I think I remember you taking your glasses off. It wasn't really apparent to me at that point. But that's hysterical that you do better not being able to see people and see their reactions, which in theory should make you really good at doing webinars also. (laughs) But it's just funny because the different approaches we have. Mm And we've all got a mechanism that we've designed that works for us. And it's back to you. What is that mechanism? Can we really maximize it? We'll take off my glasses and talk. Like, I've got debilitating stage fright. Without that, I'm not speaking. But it works in large group settings where I'm communicating to a crowd. 
in smaller group discussions, I've got to be very careful about making sure I put my glasses on often enough to see what's going on to interact. And so it's just learning those different behaviors and norms and realizing I didn't realize how much I pick up on nonverbal cues in terms of just how the audience sounds because I really can't see them or because I can't see their faces. I become a lot more attuned to their body posture because I can see forms. I just can't see faces. And so just realizing, oh, wow, these are things I was really picking up on that I hadn't realized. Yeah, this is really interesting. Interesting discussion. I have not. I don't know. I don't know how many people do that. There could be many. I recognize when I present, when I've seen myself on video, there are all sorts of mannerisms that I wasn't aware of. And I try to kind of watch those as I'm speaking. But again, in the heat of the moment, there's no telling what might pop out. Any other recommendations for introverts becoming influencers or leaders? I think the biggest thing is you've got to be who you are. And the the biggest impediment is for individuals to think they've got to become an extrovert to be successful, where they've got to force their way to be an extrovert in a certain way. We've all got to be introverts or extroverts over the course of our professional lives. That's a given. But it's got to be according to parameters that work for you with your personality. And you've mentioned with your personality how you've kind of bridged that divide. I think the, the thing to be wary of is the thought that I need to be this kind of introvert or this kind of extrovert, or I need to do these things to be successful when being an extrovert or presenting myself as an extrovert. It's got to be your own style that works for you, finding that which is natural to you. Whether you're introvert or extrovert, you can tell if someone's behaving unnaturally. And I think that's the key is this is who I'm going to be to try to be extroverted about things versus I can't really do it this way. Here's what works for me. I think that's the the major thing I would impart to folks. Very good. Kirk, this has been a great discussion. What other thoughts do you have for us today? I think for myself, the one area I'd like to see help with in terms of introverts and extroverts are social media. Because social media, for the most part, as I see it, is it's an extrovert's medium or, or suite of media that is designed to project aspects of what you're doing out to the greater population to see. And like any sort of thing that takes place in a public setting, there are certain expectations and dynamics to it that at least myself as an introvert, I don't feel comfortable using or knowing or understanding. But I want to say that in two different sort of concepts. The first is, as an introvert, I'd like to know more how to effectively project out to engage. But as an introvert, I'd also like to see more introverts working with others to talk about it can't just be self-projection all the time. And I think that, again, there's because you can't see the population you're interacting with, it's a matter of what's the litmus test or test for echo that says, this is too much, this is not enough. How do you go from one-way broadcasting to interactive interaction through these media? And I think introverts and extroverts, all people have a role to play in discussing how to do this because these are very powerful media. I think the biggest fear there within is, you know, they can be echo chambers. If you're always projecting out without the response from others, you know, speaking back, how far will you get in a line of sort of thought before you realize I could be dead wrong here? And that's an area where all of us sort of together need to figure out how to navigate these new kinds of media. It's exciting, but it's an opportunity for us to interact and participate and work together to build things. And I think that's what's key. Well, I appreciate your time today. This has been a very insightful and interesting interview. 
And I look forward to having you on the program again in the future. Looking forward to it. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for doing this podcast series. It's a great resource. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for joining us today on Hope for the Introvert, a series of conversations with and about introverted leaders, their strengths, and how they apply them in the workplace and other parts of life. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion. Find out more about introverted leadership and this podcast at hopefortheintrovert.com. Remember, you can contact Ben by email at ben at hopefortheintrovert.com or on Twitter at hopeintrovert. Until next time. Support Hope for the Introvert on Patreon. You'll love the rewards. From a discount on merchandise to joining the online community of introverted leaders like you, there's something for everyone. You could even join Ben as a guest on the podcast. We appreciate your support. You can find us at patreon.com slash hope for the introvert.